It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Today's Division Day episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me tonight at 9 p.m., and get in on the action. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty, for today's Locked On Reds and for today's Locked On Cubs because today is Division Day here on the Locked On Reds and Locked On Cubs podcast. I have with me Sean Sears. He is here to talk all things Cubs. And before we even get started, because Sean, our two teams have very similar uh, storylines this year. So <laughs> before we get going, I think, yeah, we just need to get that. We just need a little bit of something, need some help uh, tonight with the podcast. But uh, first of all, Sean. How's things going up in our windy city? Yeah, not too bad. I can't complain. We've got a we got a baseball team. I uh, was nervous we wouldn't have one of those, um, but we got them. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's that time of year again where everyone's in their best shape of their life and pitchers are throwing the best they ever have, all that fun stuff. But I'm uh, I'm just excited to have something to watch on TV, man. That's really all I'm <laughs> something to look forward to. I'm with you. I'm a little jealous because for whatever reason, the Reds just decided to only televise like four games this spring. So any Uh other games that have been televised outside of that have just been MLB Network picking up the visiting team's coverage. There's been a couple tape delays. In fact, I I know that the Reds-Cubs game from Sunday was on a tape delay uh, midnight Eastern time on uh, Monday morning. So it's, it's been one of those things that I'm just, I'm doing a lot of listening and every so often, like, I'll make a comment on Twitter, like, oh, man, so-and-so is doing really well. And somebody will respond, like, how can you tell? We're not even watching this. And I'm like, well, the tone of voice of an announcer and <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Like, right. I picture it in my mind, but he's got a point. Right. <laughs> what can you do? The crack in the bat, that'll tell you sometimes. Pop into the mitts. Who knows? But yeah it's uh we I, i've uh the marquee network has like covered some of the cubs games uh for spring training this year but they um they just dramatically like cut down what networks carry marquee now so i, I have hulu for broadcast so i don't have that anymore i don't have the marquee network so i've been 
I've been bumming broadcasts off the MLB Network or the At Bad app and going from there. Um, and I've I've listened to I think I listened to the Mariners broadcast of the Cubs Mariners game earlier this year, and uh, that was that was eye opening. Some interesting things I learned. Julio Rodriguez seems like he's going to be a stud for the Mariners. Um, but yeah, <laughs> nice. I don't know. I'm I'm excited to finally uh, get some baseball and be able to watch it on my television. It'll be uh, it'll be nice to have. But um, I know we were kind of talking about this before we jumped on the show. You kind of posed the idea, both the Cubs and the Reds very much going in the same direction in, in the sense that like two teams that are, they're, they're going to give it a go in 2021. But what, what exactly that means is, is still kind of up for um, discussion, I guess. I know you've got the Reds who were missing, obviously Trevor Bauer not being a part of this rotation is a bummer. You still have yeah. Sonny Gray, you still have uh right. Uh, gosh. Uh, oh my God. How am I forgetting? Lu- Castillo, Castillo. What is his first yeah. name? That's why I wanted to say it, but I was like, I was like, that's the second baseman for the Marlins. Um, but, same, uh, yeah. <laughs> same, same, but not, um, but yeah, Luis Castillo, obviously two really strong arms. Tyler Malley was a good, was a good piece and looked like he finally turned into the guy. I think they were expecting him to, but you're looking at this Reds team, I guess, where is this team's strength? What's, uh, what's going to be carrying them through? If this team's win in the division, what's, what's, uh, what's it taken? Oh man, that's the thing. Like I, I perceive some strengths in a couple of different areas. The interesting part is they've all got caveats. The top of the rotation (laughs) is definitely a strength. That's so long as Sonny Gray can be healthy. He's got some back issues right now. And in every interview that he's given, because he was shut down for about five days, he's back to throwing. He's throwing off a mound, so he's he's looking okay. But so far as his start to the season, it's probably going to be pushed back a week or two. In the interviews that he gave regarding that injury, he kept saying things. He like stopped himself short of saying, yeah, it's something I've been dealing with for a while. And he didn't say that, but he was saying things like, you know, working on something that we've uh, been having and things and that. And I'm like, okay, is this a recurring thing? And it's a back (laughs) issue. So it's not like it's a snap and then it's gone. So we're a little bit worried about that. So the top of the rotation could be a strength. It could also be non-existent. The lineup has shown a propensity to score runs here recently in spring games. What that means for regular season hopefully is good, but it is an area that absolutely has to rebound from last season. They had a 212 batting average as a team. Last year, and I know batting averages and everything, and their OPS was actually in the top 10 in the National League, but at the same token, they only scored barely over four runs a game. I think it was like 4.05 runs per game. That's just not going to get the job done in you yeah. know nine out of 10 games. So they've got to figure out how to bounce back there. So a lot of the strengths are sort of uh, complicated, strings attached sort of thing. Then you put on top of it the fielding, it might be average at best. And that's even with the Reds finally deciding that the best shortstop on their roster was actually playing third base. And he just decided <laughs> to lose 15 pounds this off season. And that's a Eugenio Suarez moving him there, moving Moose to third at least gets a little bit of a better feeling. And you can get Jonathan India some work at second base, but you still got a lot of guys out there that are question marks. Nicholas Castellanos is, okay at right field but he he really hasn't shown the ability like you're not you're definitely not throwing any gold glove votes at him you're probably not throwing any gold glove votes at Joey Votto even though he was talking about in an interview the other day which thankfully he's back from COVID he's good to go but he was talking about he's just like yeah last year there were a couple of times I looked over at Moose and I was just like dude 
I'm a good fielder, I swear. And he's, it's like, yeah, he's kind of in the point of his career where, you know, if there was a DH, which let's not go down that rabbit hole, but if there was a <laughs> DH, he'd probably be a strong candidate to play there a lot. So with all of that being said, as many strengths as the Reds have, there's also weaknesses, which is what makes this team so interesting. I think they're going to be so much fun to watch this year, but I think at Definitely. some points they're also going to be kind of frustrating too. And to be <laughs> honest with you, that's why I love that's why I love this division day crossover with you because there's so many commonalities with our team. Like mm. Theo Epstein retired last offseason, and maybe he saw what was coming down the road, and that's why he retired. And Dick Williams retired last offseason, mm-hmm. and I think nobody is nobody is discounting the possibility that Bob Castellini told him, like, hey, we're going to be cutting back on the payroll mm-hmm. next year. Are you with us? And he's like, nah, but nah. I've been putting this thing together for a couple of years. So where are the Cubs sitting right now? Because obviously I know the middle of the lineup is a strength for them, but we'll get your thoughts uh, on this, Sean, here in just a moment. But first, I wanted to let you know, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Reds once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. In fact, this past Sunday, I had a locker room, and tonight at 9 p.m., we got another locker room for the Reds. We're going to be talking about whether or not the Reds are ready to win this year. So go download the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss anything. I'm planning to be live tonight at 9 p.m. talking about the Reds' readiness to win. I can't wait to hear your voice and your thoughts on what the Reds are doing. I'll see you there. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. Speaking of game changing, have you tried Built Bar yet? Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they've got two amazing brand new flavors in raspberry cheesecake and birthday cake with sprinkles. I'm telling you what, they are absolutely delicious. And whenever the box came in the mail, my wife absolutely grabbed one of those birthday cake bars for herself. She's not losing it. That's her favorite flavor of anything, and she loves the Built Bar flavor too. Check it out at BuiltBar.com, and I got a promo code for you to get a little bit of discount on your next order. That's LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Plus, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can vote in the Built Bar bracket. Check it out, BuiltBar.com. And to check out the brand new flavors or to find your favorite flavor officially, type in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. And when you're done with this Division Day episode, check out the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Yeah, very similar type of ideas. Like a lot of their strengths come with these caveats, whereas, uh, you know, it, it it could be something awesome. Like I look at their outfield and see Jack Peterson in left, Ian Happ in wow. center, Jason Hayward in right. And I think at the very least, that's probably a, a, a decent defensive outfield. But offensively, there's there's a high potential. But is Jack Peterson an everyday player? David Ross is going to give him a shot, but I would assume that he probably turns into some type of platoon player against right-handed hitters and sits against lefties like he has throughout his career. Um, you look at like the offensively, there's a lot of big bats. Like we're obviously we're hoping for bounce back years from a Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez at a rough 2020 Wilson Contreras still, he looks like one of the most talented catchers out there. He was hitting like one towards the end of last season. Hopefully that rolls over some more here, but you look at the rest of the lineup, you, you, you have to like kind of pick him, choose who you're thinking and who who you think is going to be that guy that makes that difference because it's the same type of lineup you're hoping for some positive movement and really just better play guys returning to career norms on the offensive end um but guys like nico horner jack peterson are, are really what could potentially make this lineup look a little bit different than it was last year just because they bring you a different type of hitter profile than you've had from some of these other guys. But I, I think the biggest question is whether or not the Cubs have pitching. Um, you know, Kyle Hendricks is going to give you what he always has. He's been pretty consistent these last couple of years. Uh, Zach Davies was a nice pickup at the Padres. I like him in the lineup or in the rotation. But the rest of those options, there's a definite question marks with everyone, starting with Jake Arrieta, who's 35 and uh, kind of was hitting 90 miles an hour this last uh, start. So that's like encouraging, I guess. Um, but you just don't know really what you're getting out of Jake. And even just looking at his numbers in Philly after he left, like he was obviously nowhere near the guy he was in Chicago prior in 2015 and 16. But um, he's still a, a solid guy who knows how to pitch to contact. And I think the big asset the Cubs have right now is defensively, this is probably their best lineup they've put together in a long time, especially when you consider Nico Horner at second base. Jack Peterson in left field gives you a little bit more than what uh, uh, Kyle Schwarber was presenting you there. And then obviously sure. Hayward and, and Happ in center and, and right, that's pretty solid. And you look at what you've got in the infield with a Baez, Brian and Rizzo and Wilson Contreras, that defense is going to make a big difference. But it's whether or not you're going to be able to rely on these starters is really the question. Because I don't think the Cubs bullpen is going to be anything special. I don't think they'll be bad. Um, but, you know, Craig Kimbrell's been Jackal and Hyde and then some um, at the back end of that rotation. Pedro Strope is back, who obviously had a brief moment with the Reds last year. Yeah. Who knows what you're getting out of Pedro Strope. I know when he did pitch with the Reds, it wasn't great. So, um, you know, you're just kind of hoping and praying that, you know, the Cubs offense comes back to where it has been the last couple of years and that you get some maybe surprise candidates out of guys throughout this roster. But, yeah, for a team that probably needed to make some big moves and the only big move they did was – Jock Peterson, and that was kind of just like by chance. Um, you, you look at this team, you're like, okay, so what are we doing here? <laughs> I tell you, I, I really hope that the first time that the Reds and Cubs get together, that Jed Hoyer and Nick Crawl just get to share a drink. And you're like, dude, <laughs> yeah. so how do you put together a team without any money? Like, uh, what, what are your thoughts, Jed? And I don't know, Nick, what do you got? <laughs> like, I, right. these guys, and I don't blame – like I, I, I'm sure you probably are the same way. Like I don't blame Nick Crawl at all for what the team has done. He was given a budget of negative money, and he did what he had to do. And yeah. I, I, I definitely put all the onus on ownership there. It's like, you know, we can get into money and all this other stuff, but I don't really want to. But the Reds <laughs> like cried poor, and so yeah. Nick Crawl had to deal with that, and he had to get rid of a couple of really good bullpen arms for next to nothing, and like. No offense to Noe Ramirez, but I'm not expecting him to be a huge contributor to this right. bullpen. And 
the Reds even paid cash to the Angels to take Rysel Iglesias off right. their hands. So Ooh, it's just like an incredible reliever, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm like, you know, okay, I guess we can squint and see this. And then they started the offseason with the stated goal of improving shortstop, and they whiffed on every single one of the big three free agents. So it's like, all right, what are we going to get here? And if the Reds are successful, if they do have a good first quarter of the season, are they even going to be players in the trade market? Or are they just going to be like, our team is on the field? Because it really felt like that's what they were going to start the season with. And here we are coming into a year where I think every single one of the top four NL Central teams are looking at their team and going, hmm. But then they look at the other three teams and they're like, oh, well, I don't know. So where do you think that the Cubs reasonably fall in this division at the end of the year? Yeah, I, um, I I think that's pretty much what got the Cubs to try and spend a little more money. And, you know, obviously being able to get fans in the stands was a big deal to that. But uh, it felt like they were full on just going to be like, all right, I guess uh, Cameron Maven's going to be our left field starter. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's just what it felt like for a while. It's like, OK, I don't know who's playing left field. Um, but um, they, they, they look into Jock Peterson, they find this money. And I, I think they saw an opportunity to maybe go at this division. Realistically, I think the Cubs probably have a ceiling of like 85, 86 wins. Um, if they were to exceed to 90 or something like that, um, wow. Um, but I, I don't see that happening. Um, I just think the ceiling on this, especially with the pitching, it can only go so high. Um, you really are just kind of hoping for the best case scenario for the basically starters three through five. Um, so I would say they're probably the second or third best team in this division. I think the Cardinals probably did enough this offseason to at least get themselves ahead of the pack for the moment, to at least feel like they have, at least with the Nolan Arenado's trade. Um, but, I mean, I, I think the bigger issues were that Trevor Bauer and Yu Darvish aren't in this division anymore. <laughs> I yeah. think that, that really makes the bigger difference because, I mean, man, it, both our teams were really riding those guys for a while, and especially the Reds were really starting to come together last year offensively. It felt like they were, I mean, they were a completely different team from first half to second half of that 60-game session. Um, so that was that was encouraging to see, but I, I'm feeling like the Cubs, I mean, the best-case scenario, they're able to play the Cardinals tight and maybe win this division, but I don't see too many playoff teams coming out of this division right now. I guess uh, where are you sitting with the Reds? Uh, definitely thinking second or third is a reasonable shot right now. It's funny because I was looking back at the uh, predictions for 1990 and just trying yeah. to see what people were saying about the Reds back then. And back then, being in the NL West, and there was only two divisions back then, they kept talking about the Padres and they kept talking about how they got one good player in Joe Carter and that elevated them up to the top of a division that's kind of muddled at the top. I'm like, yeah. wow, that you could almost carbon copy with the Cardinals and Nolan Arenado. And whenever Nolan Arenado came in, everybody's like, well, okay, Cardinals far and away, top team in the Central. Right. And you've got a group of other teams that are going to compete with them. And the Reds, and I even saw something, I think it was the Sporting News said this. They said that the Reds have fooled us uh, mostly for the last like five, 10 years that we're not going to predict very highly on them. And I'm like, Hey, that sounds familiar as well. So, yeah, yeah I think probably 
reasonably 83 wins, maybe 82, 83, 84. Like right now, Bet Online has their over under 82 and a half. And I just, I hesitate. Like, I want to pick the over. My fan right. heart is like, I want to pick the over. But my wallet's like, don't bet with your heart. You bet with your head. <laughs> so I don't know what I want to do there. But I, I look at this and I'm like, yeah, maybe they could overperform and outperform their socks and all this other stuff. But a lot's got to happen. And a lot can't go wrong with a lot going right. And it just feels like that's a hard thing to kind of lean on right now, other than, you right. know, a really solid IPA from downtown and a couple of conies <laughs> in me. And I'm saying World Series, baby. I think if I'm actually objective about it, I'm like, yeah, probably second or third in this division yeah. is their ceiling. <clears throat> that's that's about where I think too. I I still, for what it's worth, I think I put the Reds above the Brewers. Same with the Cubs. I uh, mm. nothing against the Brewers too, but I, I think the difference between the top four teams is basically nothing. It's yeah. it's Nolan Arenado right now. That's really the yeah. only difference. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at this division. There, obviously, no one was trying to spend money this year besides apparently the Dodgers and Padres and the Mets. Um, which yeah. is great for them and the White Sox. Got to give the credit to the other uh, Chicago team out here, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tight race. It's going to be a dog a dog fight. What do you got? You got a question? What was that? What was that war uh, thing? I think Ethan had it on our roundtable. It's something like like seventy war left the division, mm-hmm. and we got like nine back or something. It was yeah. like a ridiculous number. <laughs> It was, yeah. I think we. He said we lost something around, like, yeah, it was close to like seventy war or something like that. I think I forget what he said, and and yeah, it was a pretty much. You, know, you Darvish and Trevor Bauer left this division. We got Nolan Arenado back, and that was that was it. Everyone else, I mean, you lose Kyle Schwarber, you lose, you know, I mean, Bryce Hill Iglesias, you lose. I mean, to name a guy, every team basically lost a team. I mean, the Pirates lost Josh Bell. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty much the only guy they had. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, the division took uh, collectively across the board, took a massive step back. You expect that with the Pirates. You didn't necessarily expect every other team to. And it's like hard to even call it a step back because they, they just like literally didn't do anything. Like all these teams just let their top ta- some of their top talent go filled it in kind of, but not really like the Cubs got Jack Peterson back. And that was like a fun 18 hours until the Cardinals uh, signed Arenado. And then it was like, Oh, cool. This was fun. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that was like, Oh my gosh, we're going to sign money. Didn't quite happen, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking across this division. I, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of difference. There's going to be plenty of parity, but there's not a lot of differences between these two, these, these top four teams really. With tournament time going on, I have like a cross reference of the NL central (laughs) decided to make itself a one bid league. Like you're going to have to win the division to make the playoffs. Nobody is beating the Padres in a wild card. And I would seriously be like completely shocked if an NL central team that didn't win the division were able to win a wild card away from one of the uh, Braves, Mets, or Nationals, whoever don't doesn't win the East. Right. So I, I think that it's it's a one bid league for the playoffs, and kind of just just looking at it, it's it's like oh man. But without going too deep, I mean we've we've been complaining right. about the NL Central for probably about a month now. Um, let, let, <laughs> let's look at the uh, Cubs rotation here. In just a minute, but before we do, I wanted to take a look at the odds on betonline.ag. By the way, if you go over to betonline.ag today and set up your profile, put in the promo code locked on, you'll get 50% more on your initial deposit. So if you put in 50, you'll get 25. You put in 100, you'll get 
a hundred or you'll get 50 more making your bankroll 150 bucks with that promo code locked on and you'll be able to use it on the futures that you've got right now you can check out the division futures currently for the nl central setting the uh, cardinals are still in first plus 120 the brewers have moved up to plus 275 the reds currently at plus 350 and the Cubs are setting at plus 550. This is going to be a tight race all year long. And if you're looking at the Reds or the Cubs and thinking that you want to throw a couple of bucks on there for value, betonline.ag is the perfect place to do it. Go set up your profile today. Put in the promo code Locked On to get 50% more on your initial deposit and go make some money. That's betonline.ag and the promo code Locked On. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Today is the day. The Locked On MLB podcast begins its division preview series. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Every episode from now until March 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. With the guys that have left when, when when you look at the Cubs and they decided to get rid of you Darvish is Kyle Hendricks ready to step up as the bona fide ace of the staff or is it going to be somebody else yeah I think it's Kyle Hendricks um he just smooth even kill not a guy that really worries he's got the same face for everything I think he was like he I mean he was the opening day starter last year and that was you know, obviously right. well deserved I think he earned that um and he started out the year with a nine inning complete game shutout uh yeah. so he was just locked in from the get-go which was awesome and and Kyle's always had that kind of demeanor so I I think he's he doesn't get the respect of it by uh, by the majority of the league, but I think anyone I'm sure you've seen plenty of Kyle Hendricks starts at this point. Uh, yeah. When that guy's on, he's a, he's pretty darn impressive. So I I'm very much in the camp that he's number one starter. I think Zach Davies is a great pitcher. My co-host Ryan Davis and I always joke around and say like if the Cubs could have traded for a Zach Davies without giving up you Darvish, uh, that would have been the perfect move for this offseason. Uh, you know, re-sign Schwarber, that's fine. You bring Zabies in, all of a sudden your rotation looks a lot better. Um, that didn't happen. They traded Darvish and Victor Carantini and sent $50 million for four lottery tickets and Davies. And uh, wow. I, um, I'm, I'm excited about the pieces they got back for Darvish, but those aren't going to pay off anytime too soon. But you, uh, you, you just don't... <laughs> You just never know with this Cubs team. It just there. There's always, you know, you, you count them out and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, uh, Javier Baez has the hottest month ever. And all of a sudden he's an MVP winner in this in 2018. And the Cubs are back in the thick of it after looking like they were going to throw the division away to the Brewers. They're just such a weird, dramatic team like that. Sometimes they always kind of find ways to pull things out um, in, in weird fashion at different moments. But I don't know. It's a uh, it's such a it's such a strange approach to baseball right now because there's so many teams that just 
No. And you would think like in a year where like a lot of, a lot of teams are spending money, like it would have taken a whole lot for the Cubs or the Reds or any team really to kind of just maybe spend a little more, get some guys at a cheaper value. And all of a sudden you're, you're buying low or buying high at a low at a time where no one's really spending. I mean, it's like what the White Sox did. The Mets did. Obviously the Padres traded for everyone this year. There were teams that could have taken advantage of, of, of this. And it, you would think a team like the Cubs in a major market would do that. It just didn't happen. So it's such a, I don't know. It's 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 so disappointing at times because like I could see a team that that could have been much better than they fielded this year. I I could see a team that that could have maybe found another way to add on like they they brought on Shelby Miller. But like Corey Kluber was a guy I thought that would have been a perfect type of like fifth starter to throw in in Chicago. See if he makes it work. I thought that could have been something there. They've got young guys that they're hoping to come back into this rotation. But it felt like this was a year to maybe get a pitcher. you, You probably would have had to spend a lot of money on and not a ton of big names out there, but. You know, throw your name in the hat, see what goes on. Instead, the Cubs are like, we'll trade our best pitcher and see what happens. So it's <laughs> it's tough to swallow. But um, one last question before we uh, wrap up here, Jeff, I wanted to get your thoughts on who's uh, who's someone on this Reds team we should be keeping an eye on that, that people aren't maybe talking about as much. That's going to be an interesting thing because there's a couple of guys I'm looking at that are in the bounce back slash could really break out category. Basically, if you had a roster for the Reds and you threw a dart at it, you got a bounce back candidate wherever that dart lands. But the one guy that I'm looking at, a guy who he's been like the promised player. And I've even come to the point where I'm like, I think this might be a make or break year for him. Not only a breakout year, but a make or break year period. And that's Nick Senzel. Because the Reds mm. signed Shogo Akiyama to a three-year, $7 million deal. This is year number two for that deal. Now, Shogo is on the shelf with a hamstring injury. He's probably going to be gone for at least the first month, maybe month and a half of the season. So Nixon Zell has unfettered availability and opportunity to prove that he is the guy that they can hinge their hopes on, the guy that they called up and had all of this promise for. Now... I stopped short of saying that he's injury prone because he's had all these freak different injuries that none of them correlate in any way. Yeah. I don't mm. get it at all. Like, it's like, dude, you're like the Tyler Eifert, you know, cross sport reference, right. there, but Tyler yeah. Eifert of the Cincinnati <laughs> Reds, but, uh, which is not a good thing to be, but, um, yeah. No, because you got all the talent in the world, but you just can't get on the field. So, And there's always people that say availability is the best ability. So we'll see mm-hmm. what we get out of Nick Senzel, because I feel like if he gives the Reds 140 games, which he has not done yet in his major league career, to no fault of his own for last year, but that's beside the point. If he gives the Reds 140 games, I think the talent's going to be there and the production's going to be there. It's just... Can he be on the field? And I think that's where he breaks out is he gives the Reds at least 140 games and he just lights the world on fire. And I've said this before. The Reds' best case scenario is that somehow they figure out how to get Nixon Zell and Shogo Akiyama in the lineup every day and Nixon Zell takes over the number two hitter spot. That way they can put Jesse Winker where they want to put him and they can kind of move Joey Votto a little bit down the order to where he's more comfortable. He's not trying to press. He's not trying to smash 30 dingers or something like that. So I think that Nixon Zell breaking out would be a huge thing for the Reds. Yeah, Senzel's a guy. 
since I was a guy, I've I've always liked. I'm uh, I'm hoping that it, I, he's one of those guys that just when you watch him play, just clearly one of the most talented dudes. Every time he steps on the field, I just hope he can get healthy so Reds fans can appreciate him appropriately because he's going to be a stud if he can just figure it out how to and, stay on the field, man. And you can tell he's got the heart. You can tell he loves baseball. It's not a it's not a thing of well, he's just not giving his all. It's just he can't stop these weird freak things that keep happening right. to him. And and there's just like such weird one off like crazy oh, injuries. Man. But um if I had to pick one guy for the Cubs who uh I was looking at and saying they could really really have a nice po- uh, breakout year. I, I want to say Ian Happ, but I think last year was really kind of more of a breakout season for him. He, he yeah. it, per certain, I think midway through the season, I think he was like the fifth best hitter of all baseball, according to war and some uh, OPS stats and things like that. So like that was, that was great to see he tapered off a little bit at the end, but I think we know what Ian Happ can do. The guy I'm looking at that, that I think could really make a big difference in this lineup is Nico Horner. Um, he's just uh, the second base is that is one of the few positions the Cubs have right now where they just don't have anyone clear cut you know, the favorite to win this position. Um, it seems like it's a battle between Nico Horner and David Bodie. Bodie's the veteran and probably fits better the utility role. They want Horner there at second base and they, they know defensively that's the best case scenario for like how the rest of their lineup and, and rotation bullpen, whatever it may be is constructed. It's all built off of knowing their strength for this team is defense and offense. Um, so Horner clearly the better the best defensive second baseman the cubs have on the roster right now and he's hitting like their best second baseman on the roster right now so if he can continue to stay hot that's a contact bat the cubs just don't have in the rest of their lineup a guy that really can put the ball in play keep the ball moving as joe Baden would say you know continue to move guys across bases it's something the cubs are really good at doing at certain points but having a guy who's consistently staying in bats hitting for contact being pesky they just don't have a lot of those guys. So getting Nico Horner and even at the bottom of your lineup, I think kind of helps balance the rest of this. So even if he isn't batting 300, like a 280 season from Nico Horner where he's scoring 90 runs and playing solid defense, that's really what the Cubs needed. So I, I'm I'm hoping for some positive uh, steps forward for a guy like Nico Horner in 2021. You mentioned J.A. Hat or J.A. Hat. You mentioned Ian Happ, so I had to take a look because I know every time he plays the Reds, he just kills him. And there's a theory, <laughs> there's a theory uh, going around Great American Ballpark that it has something to do with Clifton. Like he's back close to his alma mater, so he gets some sort of power. And he's got a 1,045 OPS in 186 plate appearances against the Reds. That's ridiculous like every time he plays us he turns into superman got five 15 home runs not five 15 home runs and 33 rbis and it's not like he's been in the league for very long he just absolutely murders the reds he does i um him and uh chris bryant's another guy too that always seems to hit well at great american ballpark those two guys they uh they always like him when they can go to cincinnati for some ball games but jeff man um I'm hoping this season isn't too hard on us, but I'm nervous, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very nervous. <laughs> we might be getting together at the end of the season and cracking open something a little bit different than a beer if uh, it goes yeah. wrong. But, uh, man, it's going to be interesting. I know that the Reds and the Cubs play, obviously they play plenty of times, but they play July 4th weekend. And I've heard, I, I don't have any sort of concrete knowledge or sources on this, but there's rumors going around town that, 
if everything keeps going according to plan with COVID and the recovery and the vaccines and all this other stuff, there could be a sort of opening day type blowout whenever the Cubs come to town July 4th. So that could be interesting. I, I, again, there's nothing concrete about that, but all I know is you can kind of connect some dots in the areas like the Finley market opening day parade has been postponed. It hasn't been canceled for 2021. And then you've got other stuff like, I mean, things are starting to open up. So who knows? Maybe July 4th could be very interesting because I know that the Cubs travel very well to Great Americans. So uh, it'll be uh, be interesting to see if that happens. Yeah, if uh, if things do work out that way, I might have to find myself up there in Cincinnati to try the uh, delicious ballpark food at Great American. Uh, I've heard so many good things from you, sir. I need to I need to get in there and try it. <laughs> I'll take, I will take you to Frybox, and we will get us a s'mores fry. Oh, although I can't vouch for it yet because I haven't had it, but we can get one of the other fry boxes that I know for a fact is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I will take any recommendations. Anything fried and delicious, that sounds great to me. But, Jeff, it's always awesome when we get to talk, man. I, uh, we'll have to Sorry. do this again more. Hopefully, uh, maybe after the Reds and Cubs face off with each other, we can get on the mics and uh, complain about our teams for a little bit more. All right, Division Day, it's been fun, Sean. Take her easy, and um, good luck to the Cubs whenever they're not playing the Reds. Same to you whenever the Reds are not playing the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.